Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer Diane Palmer's book Calligan's Bride, Chapter Ten. An awkward few minutes later, a cold, sober, and perplexed cag jerked into his robe, and Tess retreated under the sheet and silly left. He never looked at her or spoke. She huddled into the sheet and wished she could disappear. She felt terrible, even though it wasn't her fault. Any of it. She hadn't gone and climbed into bed with him. After all, and she certainly had invited him into bed with her. When she dozed off, she'd been almost convinced that the whole episode had been a dream. Now it was more like a nightmare. Tess went into the kitchen to make the breakfast that the brothers had found missing at the usual time. That was why they'd come looking for her and how they knew Cag was in bed with her. She groaned as she realized what she was going to have to endure around the table. She decided beforehand that she'd eat her breakfast after they finished and kept busy another part of the house until they were gone. The meal was on the table when three subdued men walked into the kitchen and sat down. Tess couldn't look at any of them. She mumbled something about dusting the living room and escaped. Not ten minutes later, Leo came looking for her. She was cleaning a window that she'd done twice already. She couldn't meet his eyes. Was everything okay? I'm sorry if the bacon was a little overdone. Nobody's blaming you for anything. He said, interrupting her quietly, and Cag's going to do the right thing. She turned red-faced. But he didn't do anything, Leo, she said huskily. He was drunk, and he got into the wrong bed. That's all. Nothing. Absolutely nothing went on. He held up a hand. Cag doesn't know that nothing went on, he said, lowering his voice. And you aren't going to tell him. Listen to me. He emphasized when she tried to interrupt. You're the only thing that's going to save him from drying in the dust and blowing away. Tess, he's alone and he's going to stay that way. He'll never get married voluntarily. This is the only way it will ever happen. And you know it. She lifted her head proudly. I won't trick him into marriage, she said courtly. I'm not asking you to. We'll trick him into it. You just go along. I won't. She said suddenly, she didn't have to marry me for something he didn't do. Well, he remembers some of it, and he's afraid of what he can't remember, so he's willing to get married. She was still staring at him with her eyes unblinking. I love him, she said miserably. How can I ever expect him to forgive me if I let him marry me when he doesn't want to? He doesn't. He does want to, at least. He wants to right now. Ray's gone for the license. You both go to the doctor in 30 minutes for a blood test, and you get married Friday in the probate judge's office. He put a gentle hand on her shoulder. Tess, if you love him, you have to save him from himself. He cares about you. It's so obvious to us that it's blatant, but he won't do anything about it. This is the only way he has a chance at happiness, and we're not letting him throw it away on half-baked fears of failure. So I'm sorry, but you're sort of the fall guy here. It's a gamble, but I'd bet on it. What about when he remembers, if he does, and we're already married? She asked blatantly. That's a bridge you can cross when you have to. He gave her a wick Besides, you need an insurance policy against anything that might happen. Nothing's gonna happen, she growled her fist clenched at her side. That's what you think, he murmured under his breath, smiling, but only after he closed the door between them. He rubbed his hands together with gleeful satisfaction and went to find his sibling. 
like lightning striking. Everything happened too fast for Tess's protests to make any difference. She wanted to tell Cag the truth because she hadn't been drunk and she remembered what had gone on. But somehow she couldn't get him to herself for five minutes in the three days that followed. Before she knew what was happening, she and Cag were in the probate judge's office with Corrigan and Dory, Simon and Sierra, Leon Ray behind them, cheering them on. Tess was wearing a white off-the-shoulder cotton dress with a spring of lily of the valley in her hair in lieu of a veil and carrying a small no nosegay of flowers. They were pronounced maid and wife and cackling down to kiss her on the cheek, perfunctionately, even reluctantly, looked more like a man facing an incurable illness than a happy bridegroom, and Tess felt more guilty by the minute. They all went to the restaurant to have lunch, where Tess didn't test didn't taste afterward leo and ray went on a hastily arranged business trip to california while corrigan and simon and their respective wives went to their own homes cag put tess in the mercedes which he drove for special occasions and took her back to the ranch she wanted to tell him the truth but the look on his face didn't invite confidences and she was certain that it would only make things worse and get his brothers into big trouble if she confessed now she knew that nothing had happened that night but if she slept with cag he was going to know it too besides sleeping with him would eliminate any ideas of an annulment she'd been thinking about that all day that she could give him his freedom before any more damage was done she had to talk to him before tonight before their wedding night it was almost time to put on dinner and she just started changing out of her wedding dress when the door opened and cag came in closing the door deliberately behind him and nothing but a bra and a half slip. She turned, brush in hand, stared at him as if he were an apparition. He was wearing his jeans and nothing else. His broad chest was bare and there was a look in his black eyes that she didn't like. Cag, I have to tell you, before she could get the rest of the sittings out. He had her up in his arms, and he was kissing her. It wasn't like the other kisses they shared, which had an affectionate, teasing quality to them, even in passion. These were rough, insistent, arousing kisses that were a prelude to an out-and-out -out seduction. Tess didn't have the experience to save herself. A few feverish, feverish minutes later, she was twisting under him on the cover of the bed, trying to help him get rid of the last little bit of fabric that concealed her from his eyes. He was out of his jeans by then, and his mouth was all over her yielding body. He touched and tasted her in ways she'd never experienced till she was wiltering with hunger. By the time he slid between her legs and began to possess her, she was so eager that the tiny flash pain, pain went almost unnoticed, but not by Cag. He stopped at once when he felt the barrier give and lifted his head. His arms trembled slightly with the effort as he arched over her and put a rein on his desire long enough to search her wide, dazed eyes. I tried to tell you, she stammered shakingly when she realized why he was hesitating. If I could stop, I swear to God, I would. He said in a hoarse, harsh whisper. He shuddered and bent her mouth, but it's too late. I'd rather die than stop. He kissed her hungrily as his body eased down and found a slow, sweet rhythm that brought gasps from the mouth he was invading. He felt her, her nails biting into his hips, pulling him, pleading him. Her whole body 
One long aching plea for satisfaction. She sobbed into his mouth as he gave her what she wanted in waves of sweet, hot ecstasy that built into a frightening crescendo just at the last. She cried out and felt him shiver above her with the same exquisite delight she was feeling. Second la seconds later, he collapsed in her arms and she took the weight of him with joy, clinging as he fought to get his breath. His heartbeat shook both of them in the damp, lazy aftermath. She felt his breath at her ear, jerking hot. Then I hurt you, he asked. Oh, no, oh no, she breathed, burring closer. Her body moved just slightly and his own clenched. It had been years. He ached for tests, for the fulfillment she'd just given him it was too soon and he wasn't going to get over the subterfuge that had made him her husband. But just now his mind wasn't the part of his body that was in control. He moved experimentally and heard her breath catch, even as a sharp pleasure rippled up his spine. No, he thought as he pulled her under him again, it wasn't too soon. It wasn't too soon at all. It was dark when he got out of bed and pulled his jeans back on. Tess was lying in a damp limp spent sprawl on the cover where he'd left her she looked up at him with dazed blue eyes her face rosy in the aftermath of passion her body faintly marked where his hands and his mouth had explored her she was his she belonged to him lifted his head lifted with unconscious arrogant pride of possession I wasn't, he asked. She couldn't believe he'd said anything so blatant to her after the lovemaking that had been nothing short of a revelation. She hadn't dreamed that her body was capable of such sensations as she'd been feeling. And he asked her that question with the same interest he had shown her about a weather report. She stared at him, confused. It wasn't worth a sham wedding. He continued wounded by her silence that had made him feel well obliged to go through with a wedding he didn't want. She trapped him and he felt like a fool no matter how sweet the bait had been. She drew the cover back over her nudity, ashamed because of the way he was looking at her. He made her feel as if she'd done something terrible. You know, nothing happened that night. He continued quietly. I didn't. I was too drunk to care what I did, but I remember all too well that I lost my head the minute I touched you. For all I knew, I might have gone through with it. But you knew better, and you let me marry you in spite of it, knowing it wasn't necessary. She clutched the coverlet. I tried to tell you, but I couldn't seem to get you alone for five minutes, she murmured defeatingly. Of course you couldn't. He returned. His voice was as cold as his eyes. I wasn't going to make matters worse by seducing you a second time. I thought it was your brother's. She didn't finish, but her face gave the game away. His eyes positively lit. My brother's. Of course. My brother's. He glared down her. They were in on it, too, weren't they? No wonder they did their best to make me feel like a heel. Did you convince them to go along with the lie? She wanted to tell them that it had been Leo's idea in the first place, but what good would it do now? He was making it clear that he married her against his will and blamed her for making it necessary. Nothing she could say would be much of a defense. Her silence only made him madder. He turned on the door. Where are you going? Do you want supper? He looked at her over one broad pair of shoulders. I've had all I want of everything. He went through the doorway and slammed the door behind him. Tess dissolved into tears of misery. Well, she was married, but at what cost? If Keg had been close to loving her, he wasn't anymore. He hated her. She'd seen it in his eyes. She trapped him, and he hated her. 
She got up, feeling unusually stiff and sore in odd places, and went to take a shower. The sooner she could get back to normal, or nearly normal, the better. She bathed and dressed in a neat flowered skirt waist dress, combed her freshly washed and dried curly hair, and went to the kitchen to make supper. But even as she went into the room, she heard one of the ranch trucks crank up and roar away in a fury. Curious, she searched the house for Keg, even braving his own bedroom. His closet was still open, and she caught a whiff of aftershave, leaned against the door jamb with a long sigh. So he'd run out on their wedding night. Well, what did she expect? That he'd stay home and play the part of the loving husband? Bad chance, after the things he said. She fixed herself a sandwich with some cold roast beef and drank a glass of milk. Then she waited for Cag to come home. When he hadn't come back by midnight, she went to her room and crawled into bed. She was certain that she lay awake for an hour, but she never heard him come in. She slept alone and miserable, still tingling with the memories of the past few hours. If only he'd loved her. Just a little, she might have had hope. She had none. Now... By morning, she knew what she had to do. She'd been looking for a cag to tell him she was leaving. She had the promise of her mother's legacy and a small savings account, plus last week's salary that she hadn't spent. She could afford a bus ticket and a cheap apartment somewhere, anywhere, out of Jacobsville. It might have been just as well that Cag still hadn't come home. His room was empty, his bed hadn't been slept in, the brother was still out of town, and Mrs. Lewis wasn't coming again until the next week. Nobody would be here to say goodbye to her, but what did it matter? Cag had made his disgust and contempt very clear indeed. He wouldn't care if she left. She could get the divorce herself and have the papers sent to him. He didn't love her, so what reason was there to stay here and eat her heart out over a man who didn't want her? She blushed a little as her mind provided vivid proof that it wasn't a cause of his not wanting her physically. He'd been insatiable and exhaustible. Perhaps that was why he left, because perhaps he was ashamed of how hungry he'd been for of letting her see that hunger. Her own inexperience had been her worst drawback, because she had no real knowledge of how men behaved after they sued the nake. She didn't think a man in love would insult his new bride and leave her alone all night. Apparently, he was still furious with her, and in no mood to forgive what he saw as a betrayal of the worst kind. Well, he needn't expect her to be sitting at home mourning his loss. She'd have enough of being alternative scorned, rejected, and passionately kissed. He could find another object for his desire, like the non-cooking Miss Brewster, and she wished the woman joy of him. Such a narrow-minded, hard-nosed man deserved a woman who'd lead him around by the ear. Tess Pack took a long, last look around the first real home she'd ever known and called a cab. She thought about leaving a note, but after all, Cag hadn't left one when he stayed out all night he must have known that she'd be worried but he hadn't cared about her feelings why should she care about his now it was her turn but she was staying out much longer than a night she took the cab to the airport and walked into the terminal stayed only until the cab pulled away she hauled another cab climbed in went to the bus station just in case cag tried to trace her down she wasn't going to make it easy for him. She bought a ticket for St. Louis and sat down to wait for the bus. Plain ticket would have been nice, but she couldn't afford the luxury. She had to conserve her small store of cash. It would be enough to keep her for at least a week or two. After that, she could worry about getting enough to eat. But if she ran out of luck, there was always this shelter. Every city had one full of compassionate people willing to help the down and out. If I ever get rich... She thought, I'll donate like crazy to keep those shelters open. She was rich, she reminded, remembered suddenly, and bit her lip as she realized that she hadn't left the lawyer a quartering address. She went to the nearest phone and talking, taking his card from her wallet, phoned and told his secretary that she was going to be out of town and wouldn't be in touch in a week or so.
that business accomplished, he sat back down on one of the long benches and waited for the bus to arrive. St. Louis was huge, Tess noticed. Barges going down the wide Mississippi and thought how much fun it would be to live in a river town. She lived inland all her life, it seemed. She found a small efficiency apartment and paid a week's rent in advance. Then she bought a newspaper and got a sandwich from a nearby deli. Went back to her room to read and eat. There weren't a lot of jobs available. She could wait, of course, and hope for something she could do that paid a nice salary, but her skills were limited and cooking was her best one. Seemed like like kindly providence that there was a cooking job available at a local restaurant and it was nearby she went the very next morning just after daylight to apply the woman who interviewed her was dubious when tess told her how old she was but tess promised she could do the job which turned out to be that of a pastry chef the woman still skeptical but desperate to fill the position gave tess a probationary job delighted she got into the apron and cap and got started by the end of the day, her employer was quite impressed, and Tess was hired unconditionally. She went back to her apartment, tired but satisfied that things had worked out for her so quickly. She spared a thought for Cag. If he'd come home, he'd probably wonder where she was. She didn't dare expand on that theme, or she'd be in tears. Runaway had seemed the answer to all her problems yesterday, but it wasn't so cut and dry today. She was in a strange city where she had no family or friends, and a lonely apartment, and all she had to show for was a job. She thought of the brothers waiting patiently for the breakfast, and nobody there to fix it. She thought of Cag and how happy she felt the night she'd taken him the special dessert in his study. Things had been magical and for those few minutes they belonged together, but now but how soon it had all fallen apart and apart through no f- real fault of her own. I should have stayed, she said, thinking aloud. I should have made him listen. But she hadn't. Now she had to live with the consequences. She hoped they wouldn't be too bad. Calligan dragged back into the house a day and a half after he left it with his misery so visible that it shocked his brothers, who'd come back from their business trip to an ominously empty house. They surged forward when he walked to the door. Well, Leo prompted impatiently, looking past Cag to the door. Where is she? Cag's tired mind took a minute to work that question out. Where is she? What do you mean, where is she? She isn't here? He exploded. Ray and Leo exchanged worried glances as Cag pushed past them and rushed down all to Tess's room. It was empty. Her suitcases were gone. Her clothes were gone. Her shoes were gone. He looked over her dresser and on the bed, but there was no note. She hadn't left a trace. Cag's heart turned over twice as he realized what she'd done. She'd run away. She left him. His big fist clenched by his sides. His first thought was that he was glad she'd gone. His life could get back to normal. But his second thought was that he felt as if half his body was missing. He was empty inside, cold, alone, and he'd never been. He heard his brothers come up behind him. Our things are gone, he said without any expression in his voice. No note? Leo asked. Cag shook his head. Surely she left a note, Raymond. I'll check the office. He went back down the hall. Leo leaned against the wall, stared unblinkingly at his brother. Gave her hell, didn't you? He asked pointedly. Cag didn't look at him. His eyes were on the open closet door. She lied. She tricked me into marriage. His turned his big black eyes on Leo. You helped her do it. Helped her? It was my idea, he said quietly. You'd never have married her if it was left up to you. You'd have gone through life getting older and more alone, and Tess would have suffered for it. She loved you enough to risk it. I'd hoped you loved her enough to forgive it. 
Apparently, I was wrong right down the line. I'm sorry I never meant to cause this. Cag was staring at It was your idea, not hers. Leo shrugged. She didn't want any part of it. She said if you didn't want to marry her, she wasn't going to do anything that would force you to. I talked her into keeping quiet, and then Ray and I made sure you didn't have much time to talk to each other before the wedding. His eyes narrowed. All of us care about you. God knows why. You're the blooming idiot of the family. Girl like that. Sweet, kind girl with no gall about her wants to love you and he kick her out the door. Shook his head. Sadly, I guess you and Herman belong together like a pair of reptiles. I hope you're very happy. He turned and went back down the hall to find Ray. Cag wiped his forehead with his sleeves and stared blindly into space. Tess was self-sufficient, but she was young. And on top of all of his other mistakes, he made one that caused the others to look like minor fumbles. He hadn't used anything during that long, sweet loving. Tess could be pregnant, and he didn't know where she was. End of chapter 10.